0: Snow falls onto the steely streets of New York City. The concrete jungle has turned into the frozen tundra. The biting chill of the sub-zero air is softened only by the gentle glow of warm Christmas lights. The bitter cold suits this soulless city. And although it may be shrouded in decorations for the celebration of Christ's birth, rest assured, there is no God here, just men trying to play him. Dominic was one of those men. He had it all. The penthouse in Manhattan, the vacation home in the Hamptons, the BMW, the supermodel wife. But none of that compared to his two beautiful children, two beautiful blonde twins, a boy and a girl. Something changed in Dominic the day his children were born. Some say he lost his edge, his cutthroat attitude. Others would say he gained his soul or at least realized he had one. But a soul didn't make him the top hedge fund manager at his company. His killer instincts did that. Maybe that is why it all went downhill once his beautiful wife, Laura, brought his children into this world. Dominic couldn't make a decent trade to save his life. And now, quite literally, Dominic's clients were losing money hand over fist. It got to such a low point that the firm had no choice but to let him go. Other firms wouldn't even take his calls. He was tainted in their eyes, bringing nothing but bad luck. Laura, the money-grubbing, blood-sucking succubus that she was, filed for divorce and left with the kids. Dominic's life was falling apart, and his world was taken away from him. Being broke was rough but not seeing his kids was the pain that went right to his core. Nearly a month had passed since Dominic last held his children in his arms. On this Christmas Eve, the void feels especially profound as Laura's silence looms, her responses to his messages as absent as the winter warmth. Legal avenues remain closed to him, his hands tied by the uncertainty of his own housing. The clock ticks toward a new year, a countdown to the moment when he must relinquish the keys to his once cherished penthouse. With merely a thousand dollars to his name, thanks to Laura's lavish expenditures, his financial reserves are as barren as the branches of winter trees. Dominic stands now on the precipice of despair, gazing over the balcony's edge of the high rise that was once a fortress of his success. Contemplating a final surrender. The city below, ablaze with festive lights, seems oblivious to the tragedy unfolding in its midst. The irony is as bitter as the cold air that whispers past, indifferent to the human sorrow it chills. Dominic doesn't think he can do it. Fifty stories is a long way down. That's a long time to think about what you have just done it needs to be quicker. Dominic ponders it for a while. The ice-cold air barely phases him. It feels like a warm blanket compared to the ice-cold heart of his ex-wife. The only thing he can think of that would be quick and painless is blowing his brains out. But good luck buying a gun in New York City. Well, legally, that is. Dominic rushes inside and throws a long winter jacket over his pajamas. He hasn't changed in days. He slips on some loafers and heads out the door. He could care less about his appearance. Dominic hits the New York sidewalk at a brisk pace. It's freezing, and the BMW was repossessed weeks ago. The snow whips down. He puts up his collar on his coat and walks a few blocks to the closest ATM. He pulls out his last $1,000 and heads down into the subway station. Dominic gets on the subway headed to the less-than-desirable part of Manhattan, or the very desirable part, depending on what you're looking for. The place where all his old Wall Street and hedge fund buddies would go to buy their drugs and women. The subway is basically a ghost town. Very strange, considering the subway should be bustling with everyone headed to their respective Christmas Eve parties. The only sign of life is a homeless man in the next car over, preaching about the end of the world and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Dominic's stop is coming up. As the subway comes to a halt, the doors open. Dominic rushes out and heads back to the stone-cold streets of New York City. Luxury vehicles glide through the frosty streets. Their affluent occupants in pursuit of one last thrill to elevate their Christmas Eve revelries. In stark contrast, Dominic's silhouette cuts through the throngs, his path leading to the fringes where survival trades hands in hushed tones. Dominic walks to the closest corner being occupied by a huddle of dealers. The dealer leading the pack shouts out, What do you need, son? Dominic looks up at him and stares in silence for a very awkward few seconds. The dealer shrugs at Dominic. Well? Dominic breaks out of his trance and blurts out, Gun! I... I need a gun! The group bursts out in laughter. (laughs) But business is business, and soon a figure detaches from the shadows, silent and imposing. A quiet nod is his only invitation. Aight, son, my boy Dez can hook you up. Dez breaks off from the huddle and motions at Dominic to follow him. Dez and Dominic walk a couple of blocks when Dez suddenly breaks off down an alley. Dominic pauses for a moment, but then eventually begins to follow Dez down the alley. The alley swallows them, the city's arteries leading to its hidden places. They walk past a homeless man. The homeless man is shivering and huddled in blankets trying to survive the cold. They begin to approach a steel door and Dez stops right in front of it. He turns to Dominic and asks, You got the money for the strap? Dominic begins to pull the money out of his jacket pocket and replies, Yes, right here. Dominic is abruptly stopped mid-sentence with a fist to the face. He collapses toward the ground as the money falls out of his hands. The betrayal is swift and brutal as Dominic meets the unforgiving pavement. Des gives him a few swift kicks to the gut before scooping up the money and bolting down the alley. Dominic rolls around on the ground in despair and pain. Help comes from an unexpected quarter. The very man society left behind reaches out, a gesture of shared humanity amidst the urban wasteland. The homeless man they passed moments ago. Helps Dominic to his feet and asks, Are you okay? I've been better, Dominic replies. As Dominic regains his footing, the man inquires further. Did I hear that man say you were looking for a gun? Dominic responds defensively. What? No, N- no, uh, well... The man reaches into his coat and pulls out a 38 snub nose. I found this stashed in a dumpster. The streets can be a dangerous place, so I've been keeping it for protection. But, but you can have it. The man extends the revolver to Dominic. Dominic looks down at the gun and then back up at the man. I, I can't take this from you. You need it. And I don't have any money or anything of value to give you in return. I've made it this far. I'll be fine. It's a gift. The man responds. Dominic accepts the gun from the man. Survival is the gift exchanged beneath the harsh glow of a solitary street lamp, a beacon of hope against the dark tide. Merry Christmas, the man says. Merry Christmas, Dominic replies. They nod at each other before Dominic begins to walk briskly back down the alley. Dominic is back home, sitting on his couch and taking gulps of bourbon. He stares at the gun the homeless man gave him. He takes another gulp straight from the bottle. He checks his phone. It's just past midnight, officially Christmas, and still no word from Laura. He misses his children and thinks about how much they would miss him if he finishes the job he started tonight. Dominic is once again feeling the crushing weight of despair. He starts to chug the bottle of bourbon. He suddenly stops chugging and lets out a horrifying scream. Ah! He throws the bottle against the wall and grabs the gun. He places the business end of the snub nose in his mouth. He stands there, with the revolver in his mouth, weeping uncontrollably. And just as he is about to pull the trigger, something whispers in his ear. Don't do it. Dominic drops the gun to the floor and looks around the room. Nothing is there, just him and his despair. Dominic curls up on the couch and cries himself to sleep. The shrill ring of his phone shatters Dominic's slumber, the morning sun streaming in with an unforgivable brilliance that wrestles his hungover eyes open, fumbling for his phone on the cluttered table. He brings it to his ear a mix of hope and weariness in his voice. Laura? He ventures. But the reply comes with the gravelly timber of age and authority. Dominic? Dominic Rossi? The voice inquires. That's me, Dominic confirms, a cautious edge to his words. The voice on the other end brims with self-assurance, introducing himself as Lewis Milton from Redstone Capital. Dominic straightens up. His interest peaked despite the pounding in his head. Lewis's words tumble out, unseasonably businesslike for Christmas Day. He recounts a tale of a festive gathering among the city's financial titans, where Dominic's name had been the murmur on discerning lips. An opportunity was knocking, loud, clear, and unexpected. As the offer of a lucrative position unfurls over the line, Dominic's despair begins to dissolve into tentative hope. He accepts with a fervor that surprises even him, the promise of a fresh start, wrapped neatly in the guise of salary figures and bonuses. Once the call ends, Dominic's fingers race across the screen of his phone, his message to Lara a burst of newfound optimism. I just got a job from Redstone Capital. We're back, baby! The text, A Digital Lifeline, is his first step back from the brink. Laura, having received the text of Dominic's financial turnaround, decides to bring the kids down to the penthouse for Christmas. Dominic's joy is palpable, radiating through the lofty space as he revels in the laughter and chaos of his children unwrapping gifts. The weight of his recent despair lifts, replaced by the lightness of a family reunion if only for a day. In the kitchen, the clink of glass punctuates the air as Dominic hands Laura a drink. What happened to your face? Laura asks. Oh, I slipped on some ice, he says while gingerly touching his nose. You have to be more careful, Laura responds. Dominic chuckles. (laughs) Yeah. They both sit in an awkward silence for a while. I'm going to go back upstate and get our stuff together. Me and the kids are going to move back in after New Year's, Laura declares. Great, that's great. That's all I ever wanted, Dominic replies. As twilight beckons, Laura ushers the children into their coats, ready to depart. Dominic savors these last moments, the ache of their absence balanced by the sweet anticipation of a new beginning. Soon the penthouse door closes behind them leaving echoes of the day and the glow of hope for what the new year would bring. It's New Year's Eve, and the streets below Dominic's penthouse are awash with revelers. Dominic sips his drink leisurely, the hum of anticipation for the countdown seeping through his window. He has the perfect view of the ball drop, a luxury view for what he expects to be a solitary affair. However, a knock at the door changes the evening's expectancy. He sets his drink aside and opens it to find Laura. She stood before him, cloaked in an elegant winter coat, her appearance meticulously arranged. Hey, he stammers, caught off guard by her presence and her beauty. Uh, what are you doing here? I mean, you look great. Do you want to come in? Laura steps inside without saying a word, while Dominic closes the door behind her. Laura turns around and, with a fluid motion, she sheds the long winter jacket to unveil the crimson red silk of her lingerie beneath. Dominic's heart races, his eyes tracing her body, as a potent mixture of surprise and desire washes over him. They embrace and begin to kiss passionately. Their reunion is swift as they find themselves entwined on the couch, lost in a renewed passion of lovemaking. Dominic caresses her body as Laura whips her hair back and grinds atop of him. The fervor of their intimacy peaks in unison with the New Year countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. As the clock hits midnight, the ball meets its destination. So do Dominic and Laura. Dominic closes his eyes as they begin to climax together. As their passion begins to dwindle, Dominic's eyes flutter open. The reality that greets him is a horrifying nightmare. Where Lara once was, now a demonic figure straddles him, its latex skin a sickening red, horns jutting from its head, with a grotesque, serpentine tongue flicking between fanged teeth. Its claws and black eyes reach for the sky. Its wings spread as its tail whips back and forth while the demon moans in ecstasy. In a panic, Dominic quickly pushes the thing off of him and scrambles to the bathroom. Dominic slams and locks the bathroom door behind him. He grabs the 38 snub nose that he stashed beneath the sink. His heart thunders against his ribs, and his hands tremble as he stares at the bathroom door to contemplate his next move. Time loses meaning as Dominic waits, the gun his cold companion. Eventually, bravery, or madness, nudges him to confront the horror. He edges the bathroom door open. The creature is casually perched against his kitchen island, its tail swishing as it taps at the keys of Dominic's laptop. The Bahamas would be perfect for summer, don't you think, babe? It croons, mimicking Laura's voice. Dominic slowly creeps up behind the creature. His hand shakes as he raises the gun and fixes its aim at the demon's head. At that moment, the whispering voice returns. Do it! The disembodied voice exclaims. With a clench of his eyes, he pulls the trigger. Bang! The gun rings out. Dominic's eyes slowly open to a reality more horrific than any demon's visage. A naked Lara, flesh and blood, stands before him. She slowly turns around to reveal a bullet hole just below her left eye. The blood drips. Music